1: So go to squarespace.com stuff right now, and you will face a free trial. And when you get ready to launch, use our offer code STUFF, and then you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. How could you go wrong with Squarespace?
0: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and there's Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and there's Jerry over there, Uh, and this is Stuff You Should Know, the podcast. How's it going? It's fine. Great. (laughs) How's it going with you?
0: Good. Jerry's distracting me a little bit, because all I see in my peripheral vision is her practicing her new uh, hula fire dance routine. (laughs) It's pretty dangerous. It's dangerous, but it's, um, it's interesting to see out of the corner of one's eye. It really is. Yes. Performance art performance hula art uh can you hula hoop i cannot sir i'm too self-conscious to 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 even try it yeah it's it's a grown man 44 year old man hula hooping
1: plus when i do it it, like as i rotate my hips it makes the sound gyrate rotate my hips (laughs) yeah it makes the sound of like almost congealed jello just slopping (laughs) around in a bowl you know what i mean i don't want to make that sound
0: yeah, but um I did see at a uh the East Atlanta Strut Festivals, one of Atlanta's many great neighborhood festivals, uh, I believe the Strut, to me, is known for having the better music of most of the festivals. Okay. And our buddy Craig Johnson's band played. Space Knife? Not Space Knife. Okay. It, this one was, I uh, can't remember the name of this band, but that band is no longer. Now he's got a new band, even.
1: The, that guy is always coming up with new stuff. You always can never pin him, him down.
0: Um, He's too good. You should check out Space Knife though, people, on the web. Yeah. You can find it. It's good. It was in our TV show too. Yeah, that's his alter ego. Uh, but anyway, Craig's band was playing, and this I was pretty hula naive. Hoop naive. Okay. At this point, and uh, <clears throat> a few years ago. And um there was this lady doing uh a hula routine to his band playing, and I videoed it. It was so awesome. So she was hoop dancing? Hoop dancing, yeah, like yes. the neck, the arms, the legs, right. moving around with it, like supremely talented uh hooper. Yeah, if you
1: go onto the web and, and type in hoop dancing, it's going to bring up some pretty impressive videos.
0: Yeah, and it's quite a workout, I could tell. Yeah. And we'll get to that, but just watching her, I got tired. Right. And so I drank another beer and just listened to music.
1: Yeah. And pretended you were <laughs> hula hooping in your head. Yeah.
0: You're like, I'm so good at this in my head. But I was like, man, that's a thing again? I had no idea, but it, it's a big thing.
1: Yeah. Hula hooping. Yeah. But it's been around for a while. Yes, it has. For example, Chuck, did you know, as Robert points out, Robert Lamb wrote this article from uh, Stuff to Blow Your Mind. Oh, yeah. And he says that the hula hoop has been around in some form or fashion since before most of the world's
0: religions. Wow. That's really saying something. That is saying something. So let's get in the way back machine. Oh, we're going way back, aren't we? Yeah, let's go back to 1000 BC, my friend. We're in Egypt, and there are little children, Egyptian children, with dried up grapevines they've made into hoops. Yeah. And they're Playing with them.
1: And there's some Egyptian who's like, get off of my patch of sand, kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, instead of a lawn. Sure, I get it. That was good. It was all right.
0: Um so they uh they're they no doubt use them in similar ways that we did today, but they what one thing they did, which was a big sporting thing to do (laughs) for a long time, which I don't get personally, the fun value that is, is uh using a stick to push a hula hoop down the road. (laughs) I think
1: the fun in it is that the hula hoop as it's traveling down the road which does seem to be the oldest use of the hoop as a uh, playtime activity, right? Yeah. It wants to fall. It wants to fall over. Sure. Right? So if you can keep it um, going, then there's probably a tremendous amount of personal satisfaction that you can carry all the way to bedtime with and maybe have good dreams because of.
0: Yeah. I don't even see if you had a plastic polyethylene hula hoop, a modern hoop. Uh-huh. I don't see how a stick, like how you'd even push it.
1: Uh, you would want a stick with maybe, um, like a fork. uh, No, probably something like a stick with a big wad of, um, chewed bubble gum on it (laughs) to like, just have some sort of point of contact. Cause as we'll see when we talk about hula hoop physics, friction plays a big part in making hula hoops hula
0: hoop. Yes. Around the waist, that is.
1: Well, in any in this case
0: as well, when no, the stick
1: true. makes contact with the hoop, you're using friction to push it along. Yeah, good point. So I see your point. Like if you're going to use a stick on a like a, a plastic hula hoop, it's going to slide off or it's going to want to. Maybe
0: it scares me. That's why I think it's dumb. Maybe I, I would be made a fool of by the hoop. So I'm intimidated. Uh, maybe
1: at first, but Chuck, you would have to hang in there and stick with it. Yeah. And um, <laughs> pretty soon you'd be rolling hoops like an Egyptian kid.
0: Yeah. Like an ancient Egyptian child. Yeah. Uh, hoop rolling was a big deal throughout ancient Greece as well and Rome. Um, they decorated them with bells and things and toys. Fifth uh, century B.C., there's uh, – you ever heard of uh, Ganymede? Of course. Ganymede? Ganymede. Ganymede. He was a handsome hero. Oh, he was. He the held handsomest, a, supposedly. He,
1: there's an old fifth century B.C. urn of him um, where he's holding a rooster that was apparently a gift from Zeus. Uh, yeah. And a hoop, a hula hoop, clearly a hula hoop. And apparently this discovery, um, I'm not sure why it's called the Berlin Painter Urn, but it is. Okay. Uh, again, no idea. But um, apparently they they said, well, I wonder if hoops played a role in the earliest Olympics. And I guess they've di- discredited that idea yeah. now. But for a while, because of this urn, this picture of Ganymede with a hoop, um, they wondered – was it a sport yeah
0: an olympic sport
1: but the greeks supposedly did use hoops for physical fitness as like a physical activity in very much the same way it's become popular today
0: i would imagine a hula hoop an olympic hula hooper would be sort of like the you know the uh what was the sport the curler of today you kind of like in ancient Greece, like, hey, what do you? Um, I throw the hammer. What do you do? Eh, I'm a hula hooper.
1: Although I would guess it'd probably be more akin to the hula hoopers of today.
0: Yeah, the hoop roller is what the sport would have been. Not a that'd be hoop. more like curling, right? Hula hooping. That's <laughs> tough, man. It is tough. Uh What else? The ancient Britons, um, they had a game called a battle game called kill the hoop. Yeah, I like this one. When they would roll the hoop and throw, try to throw a spear through it. Yep. Pretty neat, yeah, and dangerous. Uh, and apparently, they also used it in the hula method, and it would people would get injured.
1: Yeah, it's there was a fifteenth, fourteenth or fifteenth century. Fourteenth. Was it the fourteen hundreds or the fourteenth century? Fourteenth century, hula hoop craze. Yeah. in Britain. Isn't that
0: bizarre? It <laughs> yeah, is weird.
1: And and yeah, people were getting injured. They, there was a proclamation by the early physicians. They would pull up their like crow's mask, their plague mask, just long enough to <laughs> be like, stay away from hula hoops, steer clear of those things.
0: Yeah, the warning was, hoops kill was, I guess, what was uh, posted on the church door.
1: And this was like in addition to being in the way of a spear that was being thrown at a rolling hoop. Yeah. Like, this is just from hula
0: hooping. I would stay away from the hoops. Altogether, if I was an ancient Briton,
1: yeah. Because really, if you're like an ancient Briton, uh huh, you're going from like zero to sixty as far as like physical fitness goes. Sure. Once you're hula hooping. Oh yeah. You know.
0: Just because you're not just sitting around eating uh, like a, a lamb's brains, right? And, yeah, yeah. Drinking mead. Uh, what else? The Native Americans um, have a long culture of using the hoop. Yeah. Um, in New Mexico, the Taos uh, Pueblo people. Um, they use them in ritual dances, uh, private healing ceremonies. Yeah. And, uh, did you look up this chunky thing? No. Did you find the chunky reference? I did. The, uh, Cahokian Native Americans. (laughs) That was
1: an unusual way to pronounce that.
0: Well, how would you say it? Cahokian? I think in Native American it would be Cahokian. Okay. (laughs) That's fine uh near St. Louis apparently is where they they played this game chunky which i just had to look it up cuz a game called chunky yeah uh with an ey and um from what i saw it was more of a a small stone disk than like a hula hoop okay looking thing
1: and you would it was like kill the hoop though in britain right
0: yeah they would throw a, a stick apparently it looked like a combination of like um bocce <laughs> And, and kill the hoop. Weird. Because I think they would try and throw the spear where the the disc would eventually land, and the closest to the disc won. Oh.
1: That's well, so how, like they're predicting where, this, where the hoop would fall? I guess. This
0: makes sense. Although that's not really like bocce at all. Eh. <laughs> I mean, I get it. There's a proximity element that's bocce-esque. Yes. All yeah, right. well put. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Like once I saw that and saw pictures, I was like, I don't even know if this should be in this article. Yeah, because it's like a small donut. Uh, it's a hoop of sorts, I guess so. It's a stretch if you ask me. But it was a big spectator sport. Like fifty-acre stadiums of people would watch this. Wow! Would go to the chunky games and so chunky matches. So there was chunky matches in. Yes.
1: Cahokia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the Pueblo used their, I think, as you said, the, they used uh, hoops and they weren't the only ones. Um, there were other, uh, tribes from all over North America True. and Mesoamerica, I believe, um, that used hoops, uh, for dancing. Yeah. And apparently it was in 1930, a, a guy named Tony Whitecloud, who was a Yemez, uh, Pueblo down in New Mexico, um, did like a hoop dance in public and basically brought it back. Oh yeah. Like it had been virtually lost to the ages, at least as far as, uh, the average American was concerned. Yeah. Most people didn't know this was the thing. Luckily, Tony Whitecloud was like, check this out. Did an awesome hoop dance. And then by 1991, there were national hoop dancing competitions in New Mexico. Um, and they're a big deal still to this day.
0: Yeah. Uh, of course. I think, did he kick off the American craze? Yes. No. He didn't He was
1: strictly Native American okay. hoop dancing. Gotcha. Not hula hooping.
0: Okay. So let's go to well let's take a break actually. Because this is this is the big revelation here. That's right. and you can enjoy the clean taste of Richard's still rainwater and the long-lasting cold pressured bubbles of Richard's sparkling rainwater. Just visit richardsrainwater.com to find a retailer near you. That's richardsrainwater.com and we even have a special offer, don't we, Josh?
1: Yeah, text stuff to two five one two nine two eighty eight eighty seven, and you'll get $2 off a 12-pack case of Richard's rainwater. Sip the sky. 300,000 plus travel experiences to choose from means you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy.
0: That's right. You can also enjoy real traveler reviews to get insider information from people who've already been on the experience that you're considering. Plus, you get free cancellation that helps you plan for the unexpected.
1: Yeah, and Viator offers 24-7 customer service, so you know you'll get support at any hour if things aren't going as planned. So download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find the perfect travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
0: All right, Josh, we're at that point where mainstream America goes hoop crazy. But to get to that point we actually have to go backward again in time for a second back in the wayback machine
1: so let's I go left it running let's go to I don't know Fiji or Tahiti or Ooh, Polynesia yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it's the 18th century yeah see all these British sailors can
0: we drink some rum oh man <laughs> okay yeah.
1: yeah in addition to the <laughs> rum we've already drank today all right good uh so the British sailors that you see here um are noticing a hula dance right and they're yes. filing it away in their mental catalog mm-hmm. and uh now uh, when they reach briton again yeah <laughs> why have we been saying it like that i don't know uh, uh they notice w- w- that it bears a striking resemblance to what people do
0: with the hula hoop you gyrate every time you say that by the way I can't in your, in your not. seat <laughs> <laughs> Can't not do it. Okay.
1: So the the term hula became applied to the hoop, especially when you used your hips to gyrate. Sure. To rotate them. Yes. When you rotate your hips uh, with the hoop, uh, these British sailors ended up applying the word hula to it, and it stuck. That's where it came from was Polynesia.
0: Right. Even though there was no hoop involved in Polynesia, correct? Yes. They just uh, kind of... Uh ganked that word <laughs> yes, they for did. their own purposes. It is 1997 all over again. <laughs> that was a big 90s term, wasn't it? Ganked, <laughs>
1: yeah. Let's go watch some X-Files. Um, let's,
0: actually. Yeah, the movie's coming out soon, right? Oh, yeah, they're doing another one, aren't they? Yeah. That thing will never die. I, I don't think it should. No, keep doing movies. That's what I say.
1: Um So we mentioned... That the uh, Greeks, I believe, used it for physical fitness, right? Uh, I don't think we said that. I think I said it. Okay. Um, the uh, the Swiss actually came to adopt it for the same reasons, too, in the 19th century and early 20th century.
0: Yeah. Someone named uh, Emile Jacques uh, Dalcrozé. Man, that was great. That's tough. Um, had a uh, program called Eurythmics, <laughs> which... Of course, I started singing Sweet Dreams this morning Of course, uh, because of that, and I've been singing it all day as a result. So that was a special training program, and it was apparently a big deal.
1: It was a big deal. So Eurythmics used hoops for um, basically physical fitness, but also interpretive dance, that kind of stuff. It was a combination of, it was like dance training is, is what I uh, can gather, and it used hoops. The reason that we're mentioning this when we're talking about the American craze is that it directly led to the American craze, potentially, because Eurythmics spread from Switzerland to um, Great Britain. Yeah. And it was brought in as part of, like, PE class yeah. in Australia, and it was in Australia that the founders of wham were inspired to create the modern hula hoop that we think of today. Boom. So it's possible they watched a Eurythmics class or heard about a Eurythmics class uh-huh. in, with Australian kids and then said, well, this is a clearly something of Australian design, and let's bring it to the U.S. and start a craze."
0: They said sweet dreams were made of these. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this was Richard uh, Ner and Arthur Spud Mellon Mel Meline. Mellon sounds like M-L-O-N. Like uh, Thornton Mellon. Uh Uh-huh. Don't tease me with that movie. (laughs) The great Back to School. I saw a bit of that recently. Yeah. And and the only thought through my head was like, man, why couldn't I have caught this from the beginning? (laughs) Yeah. Because I wanted to see it all.
1: That and, man, his son is pasty.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were saying that was a line from the movie. It should have been. Yeah, his son, Keith Gordon, who became a great movie director. Oh, really? Yeah, the guy from uh, Christine and Back to School. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he gave up uh, acting and started directing movies and directed uh, a bunch of good movies. One called Waking the Dead, you should see.
1: I thought he, Keith Gordon co-starred in They Live.
0: I don't know, maybe. Hmm. I'll have to check that. <laughs> uh, so where were we? Oh, yes. The two founders um, of WAMO. They said, you know what, let's take these wooden hoops Let's make them out of polyethylene. Let's mm-hmm. make them 40 inches, uh, and let's charge ninety eight for them and make them all kinds of fun colors. Yeah. And boom, uh, the hula hoop craze in 1958 was born.
1: Like, it was the definition of a flash-in-the-pan craze.
0: Yeah, a lot of money in a very short span of time. Like a summer, basically. Pretty much.
1: In 1958, Waymo released it, and by the end of 1958, these things were rotting in the warehouse yeah. but in the meantime they sold globally globally from the summer to the end of 1958 a hundred million f- hula hoops yeah more than that i think <laughs> man my brain yeah you forgot
0: what we were talking about i almost said frisbees <laughs> did we do one on the frisbee no i thought we had but we haven't have we
1: no we did one on the boomerang
0: oh right which is like a frisbee, but God. not it's like a dangerous frisbee, uh so they sell all these hula hoops, they make a ton of money, um like you know over fifty million dollars in a short span of time, mm-hmm. which I'm sure they weren't happy with the that it didn't last. But they were also probably like a, an injection of cash like that is great for any business. Yeah,
1: then they moved on to the Frisbee and made even more money.
0: Yeah, and uh, they did not secure a patent for it. I guess it didn't matter in the long run.
1: Well, they couldn't because it was so yeah, it was demonstrably thing. an ancient invention that nobody could patent it.
0: Nope. But uh, they trademarked it. They did. They trademarked the name hula hoop in the United States, uh, which is why uh, we still call it hula hoop today, I guess. Yeah. It just became the We name. should
1: probably... Put the title with an uh, R in a circle for this.
0: Oh, yeah. We should do that like Barbie. Yeah. Uh, it was named the number 35 uh, toy of all time um, by Time Magazine. And they know toys. They know their toys. And then uh, from 1968 to 1981, there were national hula hoop contests uh, held. And I guess in the early 80s, people were finished with it.
1: There were also like a tremendous amount of um, music like musical singles released called the hula hoop song oh really different people recorded different songs about hula hooping doesn't surprise me yeah it was a craze big time yeah and you say that they were done with it by the 80s not true Oh what, um, the, the national competitions there was so if you look at hula hooping records yeah the most recent hula hoop records from 2009
0: well but was that part of a national competition Probably. Or just a, st- <laughs> okay. a guy named Aaron
1: Hibbs. He uh hula hooped, just hula hooped mm-hmm. for 74 hours and 54 minutes. Wow. He broke the record of- I couldn't uh, even
0: stand up for that long.
1: He broke the record of a girl named Kim Coberly. Um, she held the, the record twice in 1978 with 54 hours and in 1984 for 72 hours. Wow. Which is pretty impressive. Yeah, have you ever seen people do
0: like hundreds of them at once?
1: Yeah, there's a guy named Paul Dizzy Hips Blair (laughs) who set the record in 2009 with 132 hoops at the same time. Wow,
0: that's impressive.
1: Mm -hmm. He's basically probably just like like the Michelin Man made of hula hoops.
0: Yeah. Did I ever tell you about the uh, surface area man costume in Athens? No. I was out on Halloween um, in Athens in college, and there was a dude... I know the guy's name is Blake. He has—you uh, may have seen him. He had big red dreadlocks, kind of a short guy, just a ubiquitous Athens dude. No, he lives kind of in my neighborhood now. I still see him every once in a while. We call him Sideshow Blake <laughs> because of Sideshow Bob. Sure. And he came in the bar, in the Georgia bar, and he had these foam discs around his arms, around his legs, around his waist and neck mm-hmm. that were huge, like probably four feet across. And he was surface area man, <laughs> and that was just his costume, because when he moved around, he took up like, you know, probably 75 square feet nice. of space, and he would just move through the bar and say, I'm surface area man. <laughs> and I'll always remember, every time I see Blake, I saw him at the grocery store the other day. Was he dressed like that? No, but I was like, Surface. he wouldn't fit down the grocery
1: aisle. Does he uh, have dreads still?
0: Yeah. Does he really? Still rocking the the Red Dreads. Wow, he's dedicated. He looks exactly the same, actually. But we weren't friends. I could... Actually, I next like time I, I see him, him, actually, <laughs> I'm going to just walk by him and go, surface area, man. You should. I'm going to do it. All right, let's talk about the Hudsucker Proxy for a quick moment, and then we'll take another break. Okay. Did you ever see that one? Uh,
1: I don't think I made it through that one. The Coen Brothers? Yeah. Uh, Th- not all of their movies are great.
0: I disagree. I love the Coen Brothers, but... Some of their movies stink. Oh, boy. That, uh, they're part of my 100% club, where every movie they've made has been great. That is wrong. What? Which other ones don't you like? The Man Who Wasn't There. Loved it. Uh,
1: Bob Robertson.
0: They didn't. That wasn't theirs.
1: Well, it was terrible. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, The Hudsucker Proxy, too. Right, I liked it.
0: I would put it at, at Lesser Cohen's for sure. You'd have to. But um, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, Tim Robbins and Jennifer Jason Lee and Paul Newman, uh, in a fictitious tale of the invention of the hula hoop. Um, it is not the true biopic of the invention of the hula hoop, <laughs> but they co-opted it for one of their movies and it was, I think, pretty great.
1: Okay. But that's just me. Okay. All right. So go ahead.
0: Well, no, that was it. I just oh, to, that was awesome. I just wanted to shout it out. Fine. Uh, well, then let's take a
1: break because we're about to get into physics.
0: Yeah, and hoop games. Yep
1: after this. No Country for Old Men, terrible. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Dude. Oh, you like that one? I love that one. No. That's maybe the best. Raising Arizona is probably the best.
0: Uh, uh, it'd be tough for me to pick on any given day, but Fargo is the one I can watch over yeah. and over and over. Yeah, yeah. I would say this three are tied for first. Did we just come back from the break? Just segueing right back into the. Comments? I
1: don't know. All right, let's do it. We'll see how Jerry edits this.
0: Um, so let's. It wouldn't be a Stuff You Should Know podcast if we didn't. Talk about the science behind something seemingly uh, unscientific.
1: Well, hula hoops are super complex as far as physics goes, you know. Not super complex. Super complex. Uh, There's just a few things. We are not in agreement on stuff today, are we? (laughs) I don't know. What's going on? So let's say you have a hula hoop, right? And it's Uh. around your waist. And you take it and you throw it. You have it up against maybe one hip. Sure. Sure. It's so making contact with your body? That you're starting in the traditional way then. Sure. And then you whip it around yeah. to one side. Uh-huh. And as you do, you start rotating your hips. You're gyrating. Right? Uh-huh. I'm rotating my hips, Chuck. Yes. <laughs> uh, and as you do that, when you rotate your hips, what you're doing is, first of all, you're conserving the angular momentum you gave the hula hoop when you pushed it in a certain direction, twisted it around yourself, right? That's right. You are the axis. You, Yes, you are the axis. Yes. And when you move your hips around, when you you, uh, rotate your hips, you're applying uh, what's called torque.
0: Yeah, because all this hoop wants to do is fall down around on the ground and make you look foolish. It wants to stop. Well, no, it doesn't want to stop
1: because of inertia. It wants to keep going, but it can't because of friction. But it wants to fall down to the ground, like you said, and make you look foolish. Yeah. But ironically, that same friction is keeping it from doing that. Who is the fool
0: now? Hoop. The hula hoop? Yep. Fool. All right. Did you talk about the torque? I did talk about
1: torque. And torque is a twisting force where you're twisting your hips. Uh-huh. And you're thrusting the <laughs> hula hoop around in a circle. Uh-huh. And what you're doing there is contributing to the centripetal force.
0: That's right. And Not sen- centrifugal.
1: No, centripetal.
0: Two different things.
1: Me move, is a force that moves at a right angle to the motion of your body, so right. it keeps that thing, whatever it is, say hula hoop or tractor tire. Which, by the way, someone set a record hula hooping with a tractor tire. Shut once. up, really? Yeah, for like 70 seconds. A 54 pound tire.
0: How big was a person?
1: Oh, I'm sure he was ginormous. All right. Um, I think he was from like Belarus or something, you know?
0: Oh, yeah, they do that on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: so, uh with the centripetal force, is going at a right angle to the direction that you're thrusting your hips. Yeah. It's constantly going to move around a circle on the axis. And that is centripetal force.
0: Boom. Uh, centripetal motion, I should say. Yes. And when this hoop wants to fall, of course, we're talking about gravity. Uh, gravity wants to win that fight. But um, if you keep that pulsing gyration going, mm-hmm. then you're going to keep that hoop just a little ahead of the curve.
1: Yeah, that's apparently the key. And Robert puts this in here as a kind of like a throwaway thing. Yeah, that but is the total key. I think that's key. the key of hula hooping is you want your hip to move just before that, that I guess, wave that comes in contact with your body again comes in contact. Yeah, comes it's almost back like a, a catch
0: and release in a way. Okay, like yeah. Like you're catching yeah, yeah. it on your hip and yeah. then slinging it back around. Now right. I'm gyrating. Yeah, you are. Wow.
1: There's a lot of gyrating going on in this room right now. <laughs>
0: there is. It's crazy. Um, so there's a few different uh, parts of the body at work. Um, I don't know why in 2004 they needed a 15-page study in the Journal of Biological Cybernetics <laughs> to figure this out. Because if you just look at somebody, you can tell that the hips, knees, and ankles are really what's at play keeping that thing going. And that's if you're just doing the the hip hula hoop. Not right, hands right, yeah, and yeah, neck yeah. and legs and all that, of course. Yeah,
1: just the standard hooping, right? Yeah. And so another study, I think uh, four years later, in the uh, Journal of Human Movement Science. I don't
0: know why they needed that one either. Well,
1: they, they built upon this 2004 study and said, okay, you use your hips, knees, and ankles. Everybody uses it. Mm-hmm. But depending on the individual, there'll be different contributions from the hips, knees, or ankle. Depends on the motion of your ocean. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's like the individual. Everybody uses the same, the same parts, but they use them in different percentages to come up with the hula hooping motion.
0: Yeah, I bet certain body types are better at this than others too.
1: Yeah, slim.
0: Yeah. 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 Probably so. I mean, the the one in front of uh, Craig's band, she was pretty slim, I guess. Sure. She was working that thing, man. It was like, it was pretty amazing. Hula hoop. So that's hoop dancing, uh, when we'll finish up here with some other games. Well, we didn't talk about hoop dancing. We were just talking well, about hula hooping. No, we talked about hoop dancing at the beginning with that lady. Oh yeah, okay. So that's hoop dancing. Okay. That's when you, you know, it's around the neck and then you work it down around your hips and then up one arm and then up the other arm. Right, right. It's pretty impressive. Um, your standard hula hooping, of course, which we've covered, uh, speed, endurance, depends on what you're after. Sure. Like I want to do this for 20 minutes or I want to do it... 74 hours. Really fast for five minutes. Okay. Hoop rolling. That's one of my favorites. Hoop trundling. Yeah. Like you're a little ancient Egyptian kid. Yeah. I'd like to see you do that. Hoop rolling? Mm, Sure. Let's do it. Let's do a video for that. Okay. We could do a periscope of it.
1: Oh, yeah? Let's do that. Are we going to start doing that? We could do at least one of me hoop rolling.
0: (laughs) I think people... We're going to get
1: emails. Yeah, they'll they'll turn out in droves to see that. Sure, hundreds of people will show up for that. (laughs) There's one not on this list that I want to give a shout out to. All right, what? It was invented apparently in Belgium. They call it Belgium skipping. It's uh, called ankle skipping. It's where you put the hula hoop on one foot around one ankle, Uh and you use it to hula hoop. You make the hula hoop motion with that one, and and as it comes around, you jump through the hoop with the other one. Yeah. I can't believe it wasn't on this list.
0: Yeah, that's a solid hoop endeavor. But apparently it's a pretty recent invention from like the 60s. Oh, really? Uh-huh. All right, that makes sense. Um That's sort of like hoop jumping, but not quite.
1: No, hoop jumping is more like jump roping with a hula hoop.
0: Yeah, but that kind of reminds me of that too. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> hoop jumping is when you hold the hula hoop, uh the top of it, and then you swing it around your body and jump up and down. Okay. Um. Like you have nothing better to do in life.
1: <laughs> right. Like you can't find a jump rope. You haven't heard of those before.
0: Uh, return the hoop. This is the only one I was ever good at. That's when you, you hold it vertically mm-hmm. and you fling it out as hard as you can backwards and it sort of spins in place and comes back to you.
1: Right. And if you're not expecting it, you're going to turn and run because it is startling. <laughs> <laughs> We've
0: already talked about kill the hoop. We don't recommend you use spears to do that.
1: Or just make sure nobody's... In the vicinity of where the hoop is, yeah. Good point. You don't want to combine hoop trundling and kill the hoop because you'll kill the hoop trundler. No, and I'm not even going to cover this last one. I dare you to, though. I like this one. Hoop your environment. Yeah, go ahead. So it's like you put <laughs> hula hoops around uh-huh. and you jump from them like yeah. they're they're islands and there's lava in between. Okay, what's wrong with that? I don't know. It's too childish. No, I'm very childish, but I don't know. I just didn't. Float There's in my boat. a, you're childlike, not childish. Oh, gotcha. Big difference, man. Uh,
0: well, we talked about exercise. It is, um, legitimate exercise. Our hula hoop classes now. Um, apparently Mar- Marissa Tomei, the actor, um, took hoop fitness classes to lose weight for, uh, or to get in shape for her movie The Wrestler in 2008. Uh, First Lady Michelle Obama has very famously hoop worked out. Yeah, hoop hooped the lawn of the White House to say, "Hey kids, get active." And at the U.S. Open, yeah, you can still have fun by doing this. Yeah, um, and they even did another study to see what kind of calories you could burn. Lots of hoop studies. Um, too many. Um, they took women between sixteen and fifty nine, and said, "Uh, go crazy and hoop," and they for half an hour. Yeah, and they were weighted hoops too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um which is not to say they were super heavy. They're generally still pretty lightweight.
1: Yeah, but strangely a weighted hoop is easier to keep going.
0: Yes. Which makes sense, I think. Uh and they average 151 uh beats per minute. Uh BPM. beat? Yeah, heartbeats. Oh, their heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tribe called Quest would be proud. right. Uh, and that is burning seven calories a minute or 210 calories uh, during a half hour of hooping. So that's good exercise, people. That's like
1: um weightlifting type calorie burn. Yeah. Plus also, um like if you just break it down to calorie burn. First of all, Chuck, I want to do an episode and I'm not quite sure how to frame it yet. It doesn't have a thesis. But there are so many like medical yeah. myths out there. That are just taken as fact. Sure. Even by the medical establishment, even though like if you asked a doctor, like, is this fact? They would be like, No, no, actually it's not. Yeah. Like drinking eight glasses of water a day. Yeah. Totally made up. I know you're gonna say that one. Like I I think we should do one on medical myths sometime. What do you think? We
0: should, have we not?
1: No. no. Like part of me wants to say we have, but I think it things have just come up like here or there over sure. over the years. Anyway, um, if even if you take the calories out of the equation, just hula hooping the standard hip gyration hula hoop yeah. will really, really work out your core.
0: Yeah, you like did not need a hula hoop.
1: No, you can just sit in your chair and do what I'm doing now. Yeah, like I'm getting, I'm sweating. Yeah, right now. You totally are. My lip, my <laughs> upper lip is broken out in perspiration.
0: Uh, modern hooping um, burlesque uses hoops. If you go to any. Uh, music festival these days you're going to see the ladies like i was talking about or they might have them decked out with leds or even fire
1: well what's neat is um led hula hoops in particular are really displaying like the physics of hula hoops pretty neat through like um what's that type of photography lsd <laughs> no <laughs> no uh what's the uh what's that photography where you like you just keep the shutter open so it like l- high exposure or long exposure
0: yeah you just said it keeping that shutter open it's like when you see the pictures of the cars on the freeway at right. night, and it's right. just like a long trail of headlights
1: yeah but there are photos out there of led um, hula hoops there it's just like you can see yeah. they don't just keep like a, a flat path they go all over the place in some way it's really neat it's pretty cool
0: um what about this lady uh, the israeli sculptor did you watch that
1: uh, I saw a couple pictures of it.
0: Yes, her name is uh, Sigalit Landau. Mm-hmm. and In 2003, she did a performance art um, slash political statement piece where she uh, did what's called Barbed Hula. Mm-hmm. and She was naked and uh, hula hooped with a barbed wire hula hoop. That just tore her abdomen up. Yeah. It's really rough. Yeah, it was pretty disturbing, but she said um, she... Uh, was on an Israeli beach that she defined as the only calm and natural border Israel has. So she was making a statement, my friend. Well, she's an artist. That's what they do.
1: Um I got a couple of last things. Let's hear it. In the that hula hoop craze
0: of the 50s in yeah. America? Yes.
1: Yeah, not the not the Bretons. 14th century Breton one. Okay. Um there it was uh in Japan it was banned the hula hoop was banned because they were worried it was going to lead to Actual stuff, things happening. Yeah, gyrating hips. Yeah. Um, and apparently the Soviets said that it was a it was evidence of the emptiness of American culture, the <laughs> hula hoop craze. Really? Yeah. Leave it to funny. the Soviets to be like, Americans, come yeah. on. They hated America. Do you remember when the Iron Curtain fell and you were like, oh, wait a minute, like everything we were taught about the Soviet Union was basically made up?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And they were like, you know, the average Russian was like a good person. Yeah, and
1: the average Russian was a lot like the average American. Yeah, drunk on vodka. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to live forever. (laughs) All right, that's it. If you want to know more about hula hoops, you can type that word into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And since I said search bar, it's time for listener mail.
0: Uh, I'm going to call this uh, anorexia. Did You read this
1: one? No. Um, why not? Let's see how I missed that
0: one. Hey guys, I'm a huge fan, and want to let you know how you uh, has how stuff you should know has helped me over the years. I began listening, I love these. began listening at the age of 12, and I'm now turning 18. In yeah, August, that's
1: pretty cool.
0: August 9th, stuff you should know has played a part in the young adult I've become. Uh, at 12, I was diagnosed with uh, restrictive anorexia. was hospitalized for about a month and did day treatment for almost a year. After leaving treatment for the day, I'd religiously put on my headphones and turn on stuff you should know. Uh, the podcast was really helpful on bad days, especially if I had uh, just had an argument with my parents or a difficult meal. Uh, your humor was um, especially helpful. I remember laughing out loud many times in the car, which was quite a rare occurrence. Uh, I'm pretty solid in recovery now, but your podcast also helped me gain a better relationship with my sibling. Uh, my eating disorder caused a lot of tension between my sibling and I for quite a few years, but one day I invited her to listen to your podcast, Stuff so You Should Know quickly became a part of... Uh, her commute to university class, we occasionally would discuss the podcast topics. Nice. Uh, we now have a tradition, and I love this part too. We now have a tradition of listening to the Christmas extravaganza together while on winter break, which is what we want people to do. Yeah, man. To gather the family and yeah. make this a thing. Uh, eat some plum pudding. Even though I don't know what we're, we're gonna get pretty slim on Christmas topics.
1: I've got at least one great, um, topic already. Needed. Yeah. We need, need to, to start
0: better. looking now though, you're right. Yeah. Um, we've even gifted each other matching stuff you should know shirts one year uh, more recently I received a very urgent text letting me know in all caps that you guys were coming to Minneapolis mm-hmm. this fall That's right. and another text to let me know that Chuck's daughter Ruby shares the same birthday as our father and I want to point out again and Josh yeah the triumvirate that's right <laughs> uh, your podcast gives us endless topics and inside jokes and I can't thank you enough for bringing us closer together thanks again for being such a big part of my formative years My sister and I can't wait to see you guys in Minneapolis this fall. That is from Emily, and she said, "Please shout out your sister Megan." Awesome, Emily.
1: Thank you for telling us all that. Like that
0: really means the world to us. Yes, and best of luck in your continued recovery. That is tough stuff. Yeah, uh, and
1: congratulations too.
0: Yeah, we should do an eating disorder podcast at some point. That one's been hanging out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you know, there's like a whole, there's like this new idea that. Like almost everybody has an eating disorder in America these days, of some kind. Yeah, like typically binge eating is like a huge thing. Sure. Um, yeah, we should definitely do that. Yeah. Um, but thank you very much, Emily, and hello, sister Megan. Yep. We appreciate uh, you guys listening, and hopefully, we'll see you guys in
0: Minneapolis when we come in October. Yeah, and you know what? Actually, write me back. We'll put you on the guest list. Oh
1: man, how that about that? So nice. Free son. tickets for you two. Wow, that is something.
0: Just for you two, no guests. Uh, <laughs> All right. Just kidding. Well, you need to lay
1: it down. We should probably have a legal disclaimer added after this, too.
0: Yeah, we might hear from a lot of Emily and Megans in Minnesota. <laughs>
1: uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash StuffYouShouldKnow. You can send us a, an email at StuffPodcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, StuffYouShouldKnow.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Are you thirsty? Well, Richard's rainwater is caught clean before it even hits the ground. Rain is naturally pure, so there's no need for harsh chemicals or additives. Richard's rainwater contains no chlorine, no forever chemicals.